Hello, hello, friends, and I hope you are doing well today. My name is Kayla Sluka, and today we are going to be diving into Matthew 4, 1 through 11, the temptation of Jesus. Let's go ahead and get started. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say, You must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus said, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. Let's pray real quick. God, we thank you for today. Holy Spirit, guide my words. We're listening. Amen. Today, I want to give you three tested and approved ways to predict, protect, and overcome temptation and the attacks of the enemy. And these are approved by Jesus himself. And then towards the end, I'm going to end with a pretty big challenge, but I know my watermark, Faith Family, can handle it. So let's dive in. I always like to ask where we are in scripture. Well, here, the temptation of Jesus, right before then, he has just gotten gotten God's seal of approval for his ministry to begin. So he's embarking on a very big journey. It is the time that Jesus was born for these three years of ministry. This is a pretty big deal. And here we see that he is in a temptation with the enemy. Now, I must say the enemy is real and he is not here to play. Scripture specifically says that he is here to steal, kill, and destroy. But here's the thing that's really encouraging about this scripture to me, is that Jesus himself was tempted, which means a few things. First, in this world, we will have trouble. Now, that might not sound very encouraging, but what it does tell me is that I don't have to guess. When hard things happen, I don't necessarily need to be overly surprised. I know that this is going to happen. I can be prepared in advance that there will be hard things that happen. And that's okay because that also happened to Jesus. Secondly, temptation is not a sin. Jesus was perfect. We see that in scripture. It says that Jesus was perfect and blameless. So if he experienced temptation, he was not sinning. So temptation itself is not sin. And lastly, temptation is not a gauge of our spiritual wellness or maturity. Our response is, again, if Jesus is perfect and he's experienced temptation, that means it's not sin, but it's also not a gauge for where we we are at spiritually or um, in in our maturation process. And that's just really encouraging to me. So not all attacks are a direct assault from the enemy, but what do we do when they are? So before I give you those three tested and approved ways, I think we need to know a little bit more about his tactics. And there happen to be three tactics right here in scripture. So let's run over those really quick. First, Satan is going to attack your obvious weakness. Jesus has been fasting 40 days and 40 nights. 
No food, no water. Obviously, he's going to be hungry. So what does he say? If you're the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Hey, Jesus, just snap your fingers. Get a pizza. What's the big deal? Secondly, he's going to test God's word and your belief in it. Satan also knows scripture. And sometimes he's going to use it. He's going to take it and he's going to twist it just like he did here. He says, if you are the son of God, jump off for the scriptures also say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. So not only is he testing God's word, but he's testing Jesus' belief in God's word. Last tactic. He's going to ask you to compromise by offering alleviation from your current assignment or skipping to the end without the work. Now, what do I mean by that? Jesus is embarking on his ministry. Everything that Satan is offering him, God has already promised to Jesus. So this is not something that Jesus is not going to receive anyways, but there is a process. What Satan is saying is, hey, if you bow down and worship me now, if you just forfeit everything you believe and everything that's already been promised to you, you could have it now. We could skip the whole crucifixion part. And I bet you that sounded pretty good when he was hungry and he was tired and when, you know, you don't want to be crucified. (laughs) So let's go over those tactics again. He's going to attack your obvious weakness. You're having financial difficulty. Maybe it's going to seem really nice to steal. Secondly, he's going to test God's word and your belief in it. Just like back in Genesis. Did God really say, is God really who he says he is? And then lastly, he's going to ask you to compromise by offering alleviation from your current assignment or to skip to the end without the work. So let's dive into the ways that we can predict, protect, and overcome the attacks of the enemy. We're going to start with the most obvious, which is prayer. Jesus has been fasting and obviously has been praying. He has been keeping an open line of communication. Prayer, as one of my favorite pastors says, should be our secret sauce. This isn't just something that we say at mealtime. Prayer should be the thing that drives us. There should be an open line of communication to God all the time. When something bad happens, that's where we should run to. That's the first place we should go. God, help. That's one of my most powerful prayers. God, help. Secondly, scripture. Now, it might seem pretty obvious. It's God's word. It's alive and active. It's a wonderful, beautiful, awesome thing. And here in scripture, Jesus himself says that people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He says that people live by the word that comes from God. So this is a big deal. This is our spiritual food, our spiritual nourishment. And it's more than just reading it, maybe doing a little devotional here and there. This is talking about scripture being so much a part of us that when life pushes us down, what spills out is scripture. It's memorizing it. If we can memorize our favorite lines from friends, then certainly we can memorize these words from God that are our life, our nourishment. So scripture. Lastly is fasting. And I want to spend more time on this because this is where the challenge comes in. And the reason why this is so close to my heart is because fasting has completely changed my spiritual life. Now, 
what is a what is a biblical fast? Because we talk about fasting all the time. It is all the rage these days. But what is a biblical fast? So traditionally, a biblical fast is indeed saying no to food. Okay, now that feels a little uh, because who doesn't love food? But a biblical fast traditionally is either no food, no water, or like the Daniel fast, which is what I'm on. It's a very strict diet on on what you're having. You're, you're saying no to certain types of food. And that is a traditional fast. And I think one of the reasons why it is, is because especially back in that culture, they didn't have Facebook. They didn't have social media. They didn't have Starbucks. The, the, the thing that kept them going was food. Like that was the thing they depended on. It is a very big physical need. We need to eat. We like food. So saying, I am going to set this aside, this physical need aside, so that I can focus on seeing God meeting my spiritual needs, well, that is something that is very hard. And the reason why it's hard is because it highlights that physical need. So now that we're in our day and age, I think that the fast has expanded more. And that's why you'll hear people talk about a social media fast or fasting Starbucks or TV. I think there's a lot of ways that we can incorporate fasting into our lives. But today, I want to talk about my testimony a little bit with fasting. So the beginning of every year, I begin with a fast. And it it's hard. I'm not going to lie. It's hard, but it has been amazing. Last year, God asked me to do one of the hardest fasts I've ever done. It's 21 days of just water, no food. I know you're already thinking, Kayla, you are crazy. But look, here in scripture in this one, Jesus did it for 40 days and 40 nights without water. So I thought, you know, if Jesus can do that, I certainly can do 21 days. I was so scared to do it. I was so scared. I was thinking, God, there is no way. There is no way that I can do this. I love food. And honestly, what he said is that's the point. The point is that you cannot do it on the on your own. You 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 just can't. Um and don't worry, I did my research. I had people watching me to make sure that I was safe. Um but let me tell you, although it was one of the hardest things I have ever done, it was one of the most rewarding things I I received so much healing, so much clarity, so much vision, so much purpose for my life. And it is now something that I incorporate into my life. This year I'm doing the Daniel fast and it's already been amazing yet again. And so I want to end with this challenge because I just know that if you are in a very difficult season of your life and you feel stuck and you feel not heard and you feel like I just don't know what to do, I am going to challenge you to consider a fast. And you don't have to go all out like I did. I worked up to 21 days. Um, And I think that social media fasts are good. I think all of these other things are good. But there is something about denying our physical needs for a time in order to remind ourselves of how much we need God. There's just something about that that shifts something in the spiritual realm. And so I encourage you to consider a fast. If it's too much to begin like I began, then maybe um, consider fasting lunch or maybe consider fasting a certain type of food. Maybe maybe it's sugar. But again, it's less about letting go and what you're not having. And it's more about refocusing and seeing what you are gaining. 
So that's my challenge for you today is to consider a fast because you will not regret it. And if Jesus did it and he asks us to do it, then he was tempted in every way that we were tempted. So we know that if he can do it because he was fully God and fully man, he knows how hard it is if he can do it and he asks us to join him in this practice, then certainly there is a benefit to it. So friends, let's pray and I'll send you on your way. God, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you so much for scripture. We thank you that you sent your son um, to live as we live so we would understand, so he would be able to know what we feel uh, when we go through hard times. God, if there is anybody here that is feeling a prompt to fast, I pray that you would give them the strength and the courage to jump out in faith and, and try it and incorporate this into their life. God, we love you. You are so awesome and faithful. You are the best. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, friends, have a great rest of your day.